grateful for everything that you do in our lives, Father, all the things that you give us, Lord. And we ask, Lord, uh, that you take these tithes and these offerings, Lord, and you bless and multiply them. Continue to work in our hearts, Lord, in our lives, Lord, to understand the importance of uh, the offering, Lord, uh, and what it does for uh, us in our lives, Lord, and also for the ministry, Lord. Just continue to expand uh, the ministry and bless the community that we live in, Father. We also ask, Lord, that you just prepare our hearts, Lord, and our minds, pushing away every uh, evil thought, Lord, and every distraction to be able to receive this precious word, Father. Yes, it's all in your precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. God bless everyone, brothers and sisters. Y'all may be seated. Praise God. God bless uh, the kids and the youth this evening. Y'all may be dismissed to your classes. Good to see everyone here. Just bendiga a todos esta noche, hermanos. Que bueno ver todos. We have some cold, cold weather ahead of us this uh, weekend. An Arctic freeze. Saw a friend of mine, he posted something from Montana during the day. It was negative two during the day. So I can imagine what it's going to be at night. Uh, so praise the Lord. Uh, uh, prepare yourself for the cold. Amen. Um, but praise God, we are not in the cold right now. Amen. God has blessed us and uh, continues to bless, bless us in our lives and will continue to bless us. Um, God is uh, the planner of all good things. Amen. In our lives. Uh, que bueno, hermanos, que estamos aquí para uh, estar juntos y en un lugar donde podemos uh, uh, alabar a Dios y recibir de su palabra. Uh, tenemos un Dios que plan, ha planeado no, todas las cosas buenas en nuestras vidas. Uh, y debemos darle gracias en todo. Amen. We should give him uh, thanks and we should give him uh, praise for all the things in our lives, brothers and sisters. Good and bad. Um, I, you know, the Lord had um, kind of started taking me in a direction of a different message earlier in the day. I was thinking about a couple of things, and uh, I had already um, almost had a message that was complete. And and then um, he has a good way of redirecting me uh, and um, and re-inspiring me in something else, and, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, I have probably a, uh, an area full of, messages that were never preached <laughs> uh, that um, are almost done or or are done. But I'm grateful to God, and God um, started kind of talking to me. And um, uh, if we just turn to Proverbs 25, 21, we'll start here uh, in Proverbs 25, 21. Uh, and it says, if thy enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Uh, si el que te aborrece tuviera hambre, dale de comer pan, dale de comer pan, y si tuviera sed, dale de beber agua. Uh, I think, brothers and sisters, that, you know, um, it's so important for us not to forget in times that we live in, in times in our lives, that this is a very powerful um, verse to live by. Uh, Yo espero, hermanos, que nunca olvidamos que, que importante es este versículo en nuestras vidas. Uh, vamos a pasar cosas donde uh, vamos a tener enemigos, vamos a tener, vamos a pasar cosas difíciles en nuestras vidas. Cuando pasamos estas cosas necesitamos entender y, uh, a, y hacer la palabra de Dios como dice la palabra de Dios. Y, y va a venir. Uh, you know, how many of you guys have been face to face with your enemy and had and had to 
uh, f- uh, follow the word of God or be inspired by the word of God in that moment. You know, um, you know, I know I have in my life. Uh, and it was a blessing. It was a blessing for me because, again, it showed me what I still needed growth in in my life. It showed me what I had growth in also. Uh, and I'm grateful for that too. Um, and so, ¿cuánto nosotros, hermanos, hemos podido aplicar este versículo? Hemos estado enfrente de un enemigo y necesitamos a practicar la palabra de Dios. Si no has pasado eso, lo vas a pasar. Si va a venir en tu vida. La palabra de Dios se, se um, how do you say, it becomes real. Se hace real en nuestras vidas. Y, y no importa, tú, tú crees que por, por eso este, este libro es tan especial en la Biblia, hermanos, porque uh, es como tiene un plan de nuestras vidas y, y, y lo comienza en nuestras vidas. Comenzamos pasando cosas que estamos leyendo. Uh, y es como, como dice el pastor que, que dijo cuando comenzó, que la, no, él no estaba leyendo la Biblia, la Biblia lo estaba leyendo a él. Uh, you know, brothers and sisters, and what's crazy about the Bible is that the Bible uh, has a tendency of reading us and us not reading it. And so the things that we start to read in the Bible and start to look at the Bible, we start to apply, uh, um, we, we start to see that they, they're to be applied in our lives. It's to be applied in our lives. Something will happen, we'll go through something um, that will cause us to uh, apply it. Uh, I'm not sure if Brother Lorenzo, you're around, but I don't know if they need uh, the heaters on in the fellowship hall. Um, I'm not sure if it was cold there or anything like that. If they could turn on the heaters in there, uh, that'd be great. Uh, but this verse is so important in, um, in us uh, reflecting on these things. Amen. Uh, I also like how Hebrews 12:15 uh, says it and reads. It says uh, in Hebrews 12:15, it says. Uh, Mirando bien que ninguno se aparta de la gracia de Dios, que ninguna raíz de armadura brotando os impida y por ella muchos sean contaminados. Amen. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of, of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby may many be defiled. Now, brothers and sisters, this is really important because it applies to also the verse that we just read. Because there's times in our lives that um, us not following that first verse of, of practicing uh, forgiveness, practicing the mercy of God, practicing uh, what our salvation was established by, if you think about it, you know, God forgave us, you know, for us to forgive also and for us to be better. Um, and if we don't do these things, as in Hebrews it mentions here, that um, we're not only defiling ourselves, but we're also um, uh, causing a curse. It can cause a curse in our lives that it can defile many others uh, around us. And I think it's very important for us to think about those things as we, as we struggle with things, as things are happening in our lives uh, that are difficult. It's difficult for us to be focused on, uh, uh, on, on what's at hand if we're constantly struggling uh, with something that's behind us, uh, not forgiving somebody, not um, uh, letting go of something, holding on to bitterness. Sometimes we hold on to bitterness, uh, and this bitterness is what causes uh, um, 
you know, these roots, these uh, to grow uh, that will now distract us or, or pull us out of the direction of God. Hermanos, muchas veces que uh, no perdonando o pensando algo malo y, 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 y que se queda en tu corazón puede uh, causar raíces que um, pueden uh, hacer, uh, how do you say, curses, mal, puede maldecir, maldecir tu vida, es maldecir o maldecir, maldecir tu vida y traer uh, maldición, maldiciones, maldiciones, maldición, maldiciones, no, no es maldiciones, uh, a, a, a tu familia. Uh, y, y necesitamos uh, entender estas cosas y, y, y practicar uh, el, 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 um, el perdón, hermanos, y, y entender qué es la gracia y misericordia. No entendiendo no entendiendo esas cosas o queriendo practicarlas, uh, no, no podemos servirle a Dios. De, de, de veramente no podemos. No podemos, hermanos, si no podemos perdonar, si no podemos a, a, a amar a nuestros enemigos no podemos a servirle a Dios we are not serving God if we cannot forgive or love or love our enemy we're not if you have an issue if you have a struggle if something's going on in your life don't let's not mix up ourselves thinking that we're serving God if if we haven't learned how to forgive or how to show mercy or grace yes that's that's a, that's, a, that's a confusion that's a darkness that's you know, that's great in our lives and, and, and will deceive us. And, and, and we've got to learn these things. We've got to ask for prayer in these things. There's some deep things. I get it. You know, some of us want to say, you don't understand, Brother Gabriel. You haven't gone through. You haven't experienced what I've experienced. You're right. But I know God experienced something that's called the cross. And powerful words that he said at the cross was, for, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. That's a very powerful word when uh, you can tell me I don't understand what has happened in your life, but I guarantee you one thing, you don't understand what was happening in his life when he carried the burdens of the world. So we have a great example in Jesus. And once we start to apply these things and start to do these things, there's power in that. Hermanos, hay poder en la misericordia y el perdón. Lo podemos ver en la cruz. Tenemos un ejemplo en Cristo que ha dejado. Muchas veces podemos decir, no entiendes uh, hermano Graviel, que estoy pasando, que ha pasado. Por eso yo tengo esta carga, yo, yo no puedo uh, perdonar o dejar esto. O yo, no puedo, yo, yo, yo mejor sí, no, no entiendo, pero yo sé que no entendemos la carga que llevó Cristo en la cruz. Pero dejó un ejemplo para nosotros. So, brothers and sisters, in, in speaking of those two things, I, I think there's a very powerful passage in the Bible um, that, that perfectly packages this. Uh, and I'd like for us to turn to Genesis 32, uh, 22. And before we start reading um, uh, a, pa- uh, a passage or a part in Jacob's life, uh, I, you know, we've talked about Jacob before in the past. Not everybody has heard the story of Jacob or knows the story of Jacob. But, you know, I, I, I almost feel like myself, was, I, I was a Jacob, you know, in my life. If my life was <laughs> described a certain way, it's, you know, I, I wish it was something else. I wish it was King David. I wish it was, you know, all this thing. But Jacob is, you know, kind of a, 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 you know, it's been a part of my life. You know, it's been part of my struggle. And, and just so you kind of understand, you know, uh, Jacob's name uh, translated uh, is deceiver. You're like, brother, gay, what are you, what are you talking about? But you know what? I'm, I, I uh, mercy and grace, brother and sister. Did you guys just forget what we talked about? Look at y'all. Who's got the stone in their hand? I used to have a stone up here. There it is right there that the kids gave me from one of their classes. But 
I, 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 felt, I felt like, you know, Jacob was a lot of the, the struggles that I lived in my life and things that I, that I went through. And, uh, and if we remember Jacob's life, you know, uh, he, uh, it's, it's so beautifully written in the Bible, too. If you, you go, ahead, go ahead and uh, turn to Genesis there and just read some of those passages where it starts to talk about how, you know, he grabbed his brother, you know, uh, not wanting him to come out first. It's just a beautiful story when you read it. And uh, he deceived his his father, you know, dressing up in animal skin. So his father thought it was his brother to give him the blessing. He got the blessing and he was like, peace, I'm out of here because my brother's a hunter and he'll kill me. So I'm out of here. I'm going to go ahead and leave. Uh, and then you just see all the struggles and all the curses that he was going through in this process. Uh, so, um, and, and, and what we're going to read at is a, is a, is a beautiful part uh, in, in the Bible that starts to kind of uh, recap everything, everything that has led up to this point. And we'll start to read here in, in 22. And it says, and he rose up that night and took his two wives. Could that have been the problem all along right there for, for Jacob? No, nah, I don't know. That's a different, maybe a different message. We're not going to talk about that one tonight. And his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the Ford Jabalk, right? And verse 23. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had and sent over that he had. So just to uh, um, picture the the moment right now, uh, Jacob arrives at this place and and he sends everything that he owns on the other side of uh, a brook, a water passage, and he sends it all in in, in their loan. Uh, and, and I think that there, you have to kind of read all these things and, and really try to look at these things to understand what God is telling us in these moments because there's moments like this that will happen in our lives when we'll have nothing but God in front of us. We'll have nothing but a voice from God in front of us. And again, you know, I ask you for some of you that have experienced traumatic things in your lives, how many of you guys have experienced that? I know I have in my life where all I had was God and nobody else could do anything. Around me, nobody could do anything or they would have done it. I've ha- I ha- you know, I have a very loving, supportive family, but there were some things that they just could not do that only was gonna be God. And so we see this moment where Jacob uh, sends everything that he has across the brook and, and, and is there alone. And we keep on reading here um, in verse 24. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. So we see here, and again, going back to Jacob's life, uh, Jacob, you know, had struggled and, and, it doesn't talk about there, you know, why he has two wives, why, uh, but, you know, Jacob even struggled in getting married. Everybody remember the story of Jacob struggling in getting married? He wanted one sister, got the other one, because he didn't read the small letters on the contract. Got to wear those glasses when you're, when you're, you're picking it out, because when you don't wear those glasses, you might get the one that you didn't think you were going to get. This is what ended up happening to, to Jacob, unfortunately. And his own uncle did this to him. But again, there's no mercy or grace in his life when he was, you know, and that's why we got to really think about names that we pick for our kids. I've mentioned this before. If you look at the, you know, the story of Ruth and, you, and you know, Ruth married uh, her husband's name 
was, uh, that passed away, his name was like a, a disease. I mean, who names their kid a disease? But you start to look at some of the names. The names mean a lot of things, but again, let's, you know, we have to, we have to pray on this stuff and really think about some of these things. But we see Jacob here, and he's struggling uh, and wrestling with a man, it says, uh, all alone. And, uh, and again, we've read this passage before, and we'll read here. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled the man with him until the breaking of the day. Podemos ver aquí, hermanos, que Jacob tuvo muchas cosas que pasó en su vida, que su nombre es engañador. I think it is, right? Deceiver, is that, is that would be a good one? Any Mexicans in here? Tonight, no Mexicans here tonight, huh? No, okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> any Argentinians? Um, engañador era su nombre in uh, how do you say translated or translated? Si traductor, is that traducido? Traductor, traitor, traducido. Uh, es engañador. Y estaba, estaba preguntando qué, qué padres o familia da nombres así a, a sus hijos. <laughs> Pero era su nombre uh, en, en hebreo. Si, 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 lo, si lo cambias a Jacob es eso, engañador. Y podemos ver en su vida que estaba pasando cosas, estaba haciendo cosas uh, y viviendo a su nombre. Uh, 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 y y, y yo, yo creo que muchas veces debemos a pensar en estas cosas, pero más que un nombre debemos pensar uh, más en qué estamos dando a nuestras familias, a nuestros hijos e hijas, la vida que estamos viviendo. Podemos ver que Jacob pasó muchas cosas y uh, después que engañó a su papá, uh, haciendo a su papá creer que era su hermano. How do you, how do you say his brother in Spanish, Esau? Nope. All right, praise the Lord. Si no quieren, si no, si no van a trabajar, yo voy a hablar en inglés. Si me van a ayudar, ¿ah? Huh? No, es not Isaías. Esaú, Esaú, Esaú era su hermano y se vistó en un cuero de animal uh, para que el papá pensaba que era su hermano Isaú y para que su papá lo iba a bendecir. Porque así pasaba, porque su, su hermano nació antes de él. Es una bonita historia, hermanos. Deben, deben leerlo si no lo han leído. Pero estamos leyendo un parte de aquí que está solo, no está su familia ahí, y comenzó a pelear contra otro hombre. Y esto es todo lo que ha pasado aquí en este momento, todo lo que ha pasado Jacob, ha llegado a este momento. Everything that Jacob has, has uh, done has come to this moment right here. Okay, you can say that, you know, he, he, has, has he been deceiving people? Has he been doing this? That stuff was already years behind him in, 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 his, uh, in his past, and, and he had struggled with things, and now he's at this point where he's battling a, a, a man, it says here, and we're going to continue to read here in verse 25. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, so who, when who saw, I'm sorry, go back to 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled the man with him until the breaking of the day. And so when this man saw that he could not prevail against him, he touched, he touched the hollow of his thigh. 
and the hollow, uh, so he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with them. So let's understand that a little bit here, brothers and sisters, that as they're wrestling, you know, it's not, it's not like, you know, hey, we're going to be wrestling, you know, stay away from this area right here. You're grabbing everything. You're pulling everything. Um, you know, some of you have probably been very fortunate never to have been in, in a fight before. But when you're fighting, you know, I, I had an older brother, and, and we got in a lot of wrestling matches. And there was a big diff- age difference there until I became bigger than he is. And it became, then it equaled itself out. The age equaled out to my weight, and I could just get on top of him and not move, right? But um, there's no rules in, in, in fighting. Okay, this is not, you know, boxing or UFC where they have a guy that comes in there and stops it. So this man that's fighting him feels that his hip is out of joint, his legs out of his hip. And he could feel the inside of his hip. Imagine how crazy that is. I've seen some crazy things in my lifetime in in sports where people have broken legs or popped uh, ankles out and they're trying to pop it in or trying to put their leg back in in the middle of the game where they're like twisting it. And you find out later that the socket head came out and they were trying to pop it back in. But you see here in this moment that this man sees Jacob and in his mind, he starts to think that this person right here has been fighting probably in extreme pain and he continues to fight. Vamos a leer aquí, hermanos, que como dice aquí que su, uh, y que es el sitio del encaje de su mus, muslo. Estaba fuera. Y todavía estaba peleando Jacob. No paró. Y puede, podía ver este hombre que, que el mental de Jacob y no iba a parar. No dice por qué comenzaron a pelear, no dice nada. Yo quiero saber todo eso. Yo de la chisme gusta toda la información. Qué cosa, no, no más que dice comenzaron a pelear. Yo quiero, ¿qué, qué era? ¿Era una mujer? ¿Qué, qué pasó aquí? ¿Los debía dinero en la escuela o qué? No dice nada. It doesn't say anything. It just says that they met up one night and they fought. And this person that fought him realized that Jacob was not going to give up. It could be an, in pain that this person realized this person's, this person's crazy. And we read here, we continue reading here in verse 26. And he said to Jacob, let me go for the day breaketh. And again, see, this is, again, interesting. When you start to read all this stuff, I have a lot of questions, right? I have questions. I said, why would you ask somebody when you're fighting them to let you go, you know? This person, like, why, why are we fighting? You know, this person's been fighting in pain, and now this person's asking him, let me go, because the day's coming. And this is Jacob's response to him. I will not let thee go except thou bless me. So now we've determined that the person that he's fighting against has the power to bless him. So now we're starting to understand 
clearly what's happening here in this moment. Before, we just thought two men were fighting. We didn't know what it was over. But now we understand that Jacob had a purpose in his fight because, again, understanding Jacob's life and the struggles that Jacob had had up to this moment. Jacob's not innocent in this whole moment. There's accountability that Jacob had to have, and Jacob was at a moment of redemption and and was fighting with every bit of ability that he had for this. And as he had the opportunity and this man asked him to let him go, Jacob said, I will not do that until you bless me. Now we see that there's a predicament there because, you know, uh, this individual needs to make a decision here on what he's going to do. And, and podemos leer aquí, hermanos, y dijo, déjame que raya el alba. Y él dijo, no te dejaré si no me bendices. Porque Jacob, na, podemos entender ahora que el persona que estaba peleando contra tenía el poder para bendecirlo. Ahora entendemos que esta persona que, que estaba peleando contra Jacob uh, tenía el poder para hacer estas cosas, pero también podemos entender más sabiendo la vida de Jacob, que Jacob estaba uh, necesitado de, un, de este tipo de bendición. Porque toda su vida, después que engañó a su papá, estaba sufriendo, estaba uh, llevando una maldición su vida y yo creo que hermanos que hay, hay puntos en nuestras vidas que llegamos uh, de que necesitamos entender y, y estar preparado para pelear nos podemos decir yo, yo ya peleé esto en mi vida el día que di mi vida a, a, a Jesús eso es un parte de entender la, la pelea para otras partes de nuestras vidas Va a venir cosas en nuestras vidas que vamos a necesitar pelear. Como peleó Jacob. A lot of us can say, well, I've already, you know, I've already won my fight, you know, with my salvation. You know, and, and that would be great and easy to say if things didn't happen after our salvation that come for us to fight. And there's things that are going to come to test our faith. And there's things that are going to come to also see we're at what stage we're at, like I mentioned before. Are we prepared to forgive? Are we prepared to love? Are we prepared to show mercy? In moments that we don't want to show mercy. In moments that we, we want to have hate. And so we see here, and we keep on reading here in verse 27. And he said unto him, what is thy name? It's pretty interesting because, again, I mean, I guess I guess people could get in a fight and not know each other's names, but they've been fighting all night. And they, uh, it reminds me of, a, there's a boxer, I believe. I believe there's a boxer that used, was, and, and you, some of y'all might have to correct me, and some of you probably will not speak up, but you should. There's a boxer that was saying somebody's name wrong one time. And this was like in the, in the 70s or 60s. I don't know if it was Muhammad Ali or something like that. I don't know if anybody remembers. And, uh, and, and it might have been Frazier. And this boxer started hitting this guy uh, and beating up this guy. And when this guy was just standing there, he told the guy to say his name. And that's the, it's a famous story because during the press conferences before, he would always say his name wrong or something. 
and he was he would hit him and say he would say say my name, and just hit him to say his name correctly. And there's a famous story on that. Uh, and and you're gonna you, you know in most cases you're gonna know why why you're fighting and who you're fighting. But in this case right here, this this person that has the power to bless him asks him, "What is your name?" And Jacob tells him, "Jacob." which again has no value or power in at that moment because we know what Jacob translates into, which is deceiver. But this person that has the power to bless him now wants to know his name. And we ask ourselves how many times we've been in a situation that we've given up or we haven't fought to our fullest or, 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 or fought to all our strength and, we just didn't have or we didn't think that we had enough to keep on fighting. Uh, and we have, we've got to know, we've got to understand that, that there is a question that's going to be asked to us that day that we do fight the fight to the fullest. What is our name? And it's interesting that he wanted to know his name because of this next verse right here. We, we read here in verse 28. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob. Why would this person that's going to bless him not call him Jacob anymore? Because Jacob had a lot of baggage. We talked about some of his baggage. This person's, the first blessing that this person is going to give him is saying, hey, you know what? You're not going to be called Jacob anymore, but I'm going to call you Israel. And Israel translated means to battle with God, to wrestle with God. I think it's with the... Yeah, it means wrestling or wrestles with God. What a powerful name, wrestles with God. And it has even more meaning now when we understand that it was for blessing. So now we've put a couple of things together and we realize that this man was not a man, but it was God. That he was wrestling with for his blessing. And this name, Israel, was now the beginning of his blessing. But I think that there's times in our lives, brothers and sisters, that we, we still miss some things like Jacob's going to miss in this moment here. This isn't the, the, the biggest part of the story here or, or the biggest thing because if it would have been that simple and, and, and Jacob was like, oh, perfect, okay, okay, you know, you call me Israel now, that's my blessing, all this stuff. But we, we, we're going to read here, it says, no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Jacob didn't give up in this moment because the regret, the loss, all these different things. I mean, you know, family's passing away because I'm out of here. I'm running away from my family. So much regret. Jacob had a burden that was on him. Jacob did. But now Jacob's been given this new name, Israel. We have to ask ourselves, okay, what was the impact in Jacob's, na- uh, Jacob's life now that it's been changed to Israel? And we'll keep on reading here in verse 29. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. Verse 30. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, 
For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. A very special place. You can still find it on the map. And it's powerful when we hear that, you know, Jacob saw God face to face. And sometimes we don't think that God's going to pick something or someone whose name is translated into deceiver, (laughs) from deceiver. But God amazes us and God, I'm always impressed by how God sees beyond titles, names, uh, credentials. God sees something deep. See, we can't see it. And sometimes a human eye cannot see it, but God sees something tremendous. For him to establish the people of God in someone that their resume was not worthy of that. God had something tremendous. God God had something as he was molding him and shaping him through all these years of struggle that he went through. And yet there's times in our lives, brothers and sisters, where we have lived a Jacob life and we carry that burden and understand that God has removed that life from us, has put a new life in us, and we must start living and fulfilling what God has asked of us in this new life and not remembering the Jacob name but starting to live the Israel name. And, 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 and again, I love this passage and this passage is great, but to me this passage has never been the passage, the part of the, of the passage that's the most impactful in, in my life. The one has been, because again, we see here, and, 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 and we read, if, if, we, if we keep on reading here, brothers and sisters, if we go to, uh, let's go back. I want to go back so we can kind of put some reference to what's happening before this fight. If we go to Genesis 32.3, and we read here, uh, and Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir and the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto the Lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob saith thus, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. Verse 5. And I have oxen and asses, flocks, and men servants and women servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find grace in thy sight. Verse 6. And when the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee. And 400 men with him. Verse 7. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him, and the flocks and the herds, and the camels into the bands. So, brothers and sisters, uh, what I want to kind of have us understand a little bit is before the fight, um, Jacob was already fearing that he was, his brother was going to ha- have revenge on him. 
Because you know how brothers are. I can tell you a lot of things about brothers. But Jacob, all this time, has been running into multiple curses, running away from his family, running away from his brother, who, again, you got to remember one thing. When you have to put on animal skin to deceive someone, you're probably trying to copy someone that's, you know, pretty rugged, pretty, and, and it says that, you know, he was a man uh, out in outdoors, a hunter. Preferred to be outdoors than he preferred to be indoors like Jacob did. And so we see this. And now Jacob is at a point in his life where he feels like he's been established enough that he can bring a peace offering to somebody that he did wrong. And he's planned it all out. He's probably saved you know, that goat, that ox, that horse, uh, let's get some more servants because one day, I, once I get to this nest egg right here, I'm going to just take that to my brother. And so as he sent this messenger, he thought, man, that looks pretty good. Probably that person's walking off. Yeah, he, he'll like that. And he finds out that Esau's coming. He, he didn't say he was coming with, you know, camels and He's bringing a festival. No, it says he's coming with 400 men. And now Jacob's playing everything back in his mind on what he did. And now, so we go, that was before the the battle and the wrestling match with God. And we can understand that Esau's at a point where, I mean, sorry, Jacob's at a point where he's got to give it all, leave it all there because he doesn't know what tomorrow is promised. Uh, muchas veces, hermanos, podemos leer aquí con Jacob que pasan cosas, hermanos, que uh, a veces no entendemos porque algo está pasando o tenemos un motivo, cómo vamos a componer algo. Y podemos leer aquí con Jacob que eh, toda su, su vida estaba uh, reglando Cuidando cosas, or uh, how do you say gathering? Amen, praise the Lord. You guys are on it. I'm so happy that I'm not the only one. Juntando, that's a good one, juntando. Estaba juntando cosas en su vida para que en este día que creía que tenía suficiente para hablar con su hermano. A ver si podían componer las cosas. Todo, todo su vida estaba pensando en un mental que él creía que podía componer cosas. No sabiendo que Dios tuvo un propósito en todo. Que Dios estaba haciendo algo en su hermano. Como estaba haciendo algo en la vida de Jacob. So all of Jacob's life he was planning this thing and thinking of this stuff. Uh, and God was working in Jacob, but Jacob just... See, sometimes we get lost in these things. Sometimes we're so, we're so, we make God so small. We think that God just gets up and he says, okay, Gabe, I'm just going to work on you today and just you. And we don't realize that God is working on everything. Jacob, 
as he was going through all these things and God was working with him, Jacob was involved in his moment, not understanding that God was working in Esau's life. But he hears 400 men are coming. Wow. That's impactful. That's serious. And so now if we go to verse uh, uh, Genesis 33, 4 here, now we go ahead of the fight and we see the moment that they see each other. And it says, and Esau ran to meet him and embraced him. I don't think it said he choked him. But I guess that could be taken as an embrace, but he embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. What a beautiful, that's beautiful, right? Because he, you know, Jacob is over here thinking, you know, my brother's going to kill me. He's got 400 people who's going to kill me. Uh, Esau sees him and wasn't thinking of any of that stuff. He's saying, that's my brother. And he runs to him, hugs him, and kisses him, and they both cry. Kind of changes everything, right? So you think Jacob at that moment is thinking like, man, should I have fought all night? I'm hurting right now. You know, I didn't realize it was going to be like this, or was that part of what this was? A lot of questions here. But I like here, this has always been my favorite part in this passage, in the story. And like I said, I, I recommend you just, you read all of this stuff because you can put it all in contents. But um, read here, and, and if we go to verse 8. And he said, what meanest thou, this is Esau telling him, what meanest thou by all this drove which I met? What, what, what was all this Jacob, of all these animals, all these people that were in front of you that came to me before you. What was, what is this? Confused here. So Esau is asking Jacob, you know, what was the, what was the meaning of this? Because I missed it. Because I saw you, I ran to you. And, and, and this is brothers and sisters where I feel that even though Jacob is now Israel and was blessed by God. Jacob was still, Israel was still living in some fear here and some doubt. Because not after that blessing did he go into there and say, I'm just going to go talk to my brother. He still covered up all the remorse he had, the regret he had, all these things with, let me show you my what I have here, my worth, it's going to be yours. I offer it to you, Esau. Because he was afraid. Those, uh, it says here, and he said, these are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. So we see here that, here, here it is right here. Here's what Jacob's thought was here. It's like, I know I did you wrong, brother. And you were always a man that intimidated me when you would go kill an animal or, you know, not come home for days because you were camping in different places in the wilderness. And I probably, you know, slept with one eye open for 20 years. Wondering, you know, if this was going to be the last night that I was, you know, going to be alive. So when I had an opportunity to... To see you again, I made sure that the impact was going to be, was going to find grace in your 
in your sight, it says here. And then we read here in verse 9. And Esau said, I have enough. Because you see, Jacob, when God was working on you, God was doing something in me. You see, brothers and sisters, we, we misplace sometimes what God's doing around us when God's doing something in us. We cannot misplace these things and misunderstand these things and again just take the approach only to us when God is doing this around us. And you see, Jacob was still living to his name and hadn't transitioned into the name that God had given him in Israel. He hadn't put two and two things together here, just understanding like, okay, okay, I see. And we see here that he says, I have enough, my brother, keep that thou hast unto thyself. Now, I, I can see Jacob here holding on to something, but I can see Esau having more than enough, having the forgiveness, having the mercy, having the grace. And not needing this from Jacob at this moment. And I think about, you know, those moments where, you know, something is triggered in our mind and we've had them before where we're, we're regretful of something, something has happened, and we just keep on going to moments, we keep on going to things, and not, we're not hearing God calling us by our new name. I tell you one thing, brothers and sisters, I have a story to share or a life to share in my, that I'm grateful that God called me by my name, my new name. But we see here Jacob struggling with this and not understanding or being able to even just after being fighting for his blessing. So me seeing that, I can... I can kind of expect that these things happen today in our lives. As God has blessed you, as God has promised you, as God has called you by your new name, as God is uh, directing you and stuff, sometimes we can get distracted and still look at things that he's not asking us to look at anymore. And we see Jacob's life and we see the struggles that he had. And we keep on reading here in verse 10. And Jacob said, nay, I pray thee, if now I have found grace in thy sight. See, I think Jacob was missing a couple of nuts. A couple of little screws were loose there. His brother hugs him in the neck. They cry together. It's like some of this stuff, I'm, I'm starting to kind of question Jacob. I mean, come on, man. Why, why, why are you doubting these things here? Because he's still in this struggling moment. He's still holding on to something here. And he tells him, he goes, uh, I pray thee if, if I found grace in thy sight, then receive my present at my hand. But I do like how he says this, for therefore I have seen thy face as though I had seen the face of God. And thou was pleased with me. Now, 
we, we hear that, we, we, we read that, and that kind of makes sense, and it kind of doesn't. But the guy seen God's face the night before. And, and I try to understand this moment. And, and what he's referring to is that, you know, the moment that they shared and, and it went from an embrace from I'm thinking you're going to choke me to an embrace and a kiss and crying together. I want you to accept this because this puts me at peace, understanding that now you've, you've had grace on me. You've had mercy on me. And I can see your face like I see God's, and you're pleased with me. I think, brothers and sisters, sometimes we, we need to go to the simplicity of what God is trying to show us in moments with individuals and and again, we all have a story. We all have something that we can say. Well, you don't understand. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what the struggle's been. You don't know how hard it is. I can never do this. When we use terms like that, I can never do this. And just know that your, your journey will be long. Because we haven't applied God into this equation yet. An 11-day journey, I always go back to that. An 11-day journey took 40 years for the Israelites. The normal passage time was 11 days, and it took 40 years as they walked in the desert over and over again lost. How many of us are holding on to things when we could easily get out of these things? Whatever it is, regret, you know, something that we wake up to every day and we think about. This story is very impactful because we see that God has mercy on us. God has grace on us. But we also have to have mercy on us. We've got to accept this grace. We turn to Proverbs 19.11. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. And it is his glory to pass over a transgression. La locura del hombre detiene su puro, furor, y su honra es disimular la ofensa. Now, brothers and sisters, there's power in self-control. We know that there's power in self-control. There's some of us that have more power than others in that. There's some of us that need to learn that from others. Some of us instantly go into a Jacob mindset instead of understanding we should be living an Israel life now. Some of us, our baggage has created some of these things. Some of us is before our baggage. It's things that we just held on to that were not good. It's amazing how there's a lot of good things that our family has shown us and sometimes we just gravitate to the bad things things that they were not wanting us to have, but they were, God was working in their lives. I want us to think about that for a second as we are, you know, in, still in a state of being worked on is that we are, are sometimes caught in this thing where we're passing on things that our families were wanting us or wanting to let go of, but we caught. As they let go of it, we caught it. We've got to understand what God 
needs with transformation, with the renewing of our minds. And we must look at ourselves in a new way and understand that God is working in us before it's too late. I remember the first time that I looked at my kids and I saw a reflection in me and bad things that I was still working on saddened me. And it takes extra work to work through those things and to the moment that I could understand that God was working in his, in my father, that I pray that God will work in me and, and help me through these challenges. Before it's too late, brothers and sisters, we have an opportunity to establish ourselves and establish our kids' lives. It's a blessing, brothers and sisters, that we're here hearing the word of God, that we're receiving the word of God. Because like I said, right now, statistically speaking, there are less less and less people going to church and less and less kids getting a, a, a foundation put underneath their feet and establishing something. You are a rarity. It used to be the norm, but you're a rarity now. It used to be common, but now it's not. It takes a fight. It takes an understanding. It takes a sacrifice. We hear, we've heard sacrifices before here in this church people that were shunned from their family. Some of you have never experienced being shunned from your family. Not your family telling you not to come around. And I'm not talking about because you struggle, but I'm talking about because of what you believe in and how you live your life. Don't come here to this place with that religion or that belief. The sacrifices that are made to establish your ways, to establish the foundation that will not be moved when the world is moving. I'm grateful to God that I had an opportunity in my life to see examples, great examples, that I was mentored by people that fell but lifted themselves back up and dusted themselves off and received mercy and grace in times that they needed it. And I saw people show that mercy and grace. I've been blessed. But I ask you tonight, how many of you all feel the same? How many of you all feel that you have something inside of you that you can pass on to your children, something inside of you you're not holding on to a Jacob past that now that you're in front of your blessing, you question it. Are we good here? Is this enough? Do I find grace in you? You just fought God the night before. That's all the grace you needed. But yet I went into this thinking there was more. I asked God to help us in these struggles, these challenges that come into our lives. Some of, them, some of us might not be going through that. And praise the Lord and God bless you for that. But it does not mean that that struggle is not real here. 
that struggle's real and it's been real in your life, we're going to pray tonight that God helps you through it. I'm going to ask the musicians to pass on up. Psalms 46.10, if we can all stand up, brothers and sisters. Psalms 46.10 reads, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. I think there's times in our lives, brothers and sisters, where we have got to push away anything that distracts us across the brook and be still and wait for God. And know that God is God. And though we've gone through challenges, though we've gone through struggles, though we've gone through things in our lives that have fog, have put fogged or foggied up our vision, God is still God. God can still establish us even tonight. It's hard to understand his mercy and grace at times. It's hard to understand it until you start to practice it. Until you see how hard it is to forgive, how hard it is to love. And when you do that, that experience is powerful. That experience is the response that you have now to your enemy is, I have enough. As Esau said to what his brother thought was his enemy, I have enough. So the question I have for you all tonight is, do you have enough? Or are you still needing or still lacking? Because we serve a God that can fulfill you tonight and give you what you need. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father. We're grateful, Lord, for everything that you've done in our lives, Lord, both good and bad. Understanding that what was bad, Lord, if it led us to moments to find you, Jesus. And we're grateful, Jesus. We're grateful, Father, that that you found us in a time that we were lost, Lord. You spoke to our hearts, Lord. You gave us a new name. You spoke out our name, Father. Our carnal name wasn't something we could hear, Lord, until you spoke out our name. I ask, Father, right now, if there's hearts, Lord, that are yearning to hear their name, Jesus, that you speak into them. Whatever struggle they have, Father, whatever they're going through, Jesus, that they may be able to find the peace and love in you, Father. I ask, Lord, that you put to rest questions, that you put to rest, Lord, hurt, doubts. As you've spoken this name to them personally, Lord, I ask, Lord, that they feel different, that they feel empowered, Lord, by you, Jesus. That they understand, Lord, that your love has covered them. 
ask, Father, that you just continue to work in our lives, Lord, continue blessing us, Lord, continue showing us, Lord, the path to you, Father. Remind us, Lord, that everything around us, Lord, is from you, Jesus Christ. And sometimes, as the message we receive, sometimes we don't see all of that's for us, Lord, because it's more than what's against us. I ask that you bless the homes, Lord, for the families that are here, the parents that are here, Lord, the leadership that's here, Father. That you awaken, Lord, the leadership that is here, Lord, and understand that our children are watching everything. If we put you second, Lord, then they put you fourth. Help us, Lord, to be stronger and better examples in our children's lives, Lord. Dedication. That we dedicate ourselves, Father, to you, Lord, in all things. That we commit ourselves, Father, to you, Lord. That our children see that commitment, Father. That our children understand what it is to be committed to you, Jesus, above things from this world, Lord. That there's a fire that they see, a desire that they see from us to you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be these examples to our children. That we're not just examples of service day, Wednesday, Friday, or Sunday, Lord. But we're examples, Lord, of who you are all week and all our lives, Father. Bless our children, Lord. Because we know that these times that they're headed into, that we're headed into, are dangerous and evil times. And we ask you, Lord, as you've been so gracious and so merciful, Lord, in watching over them and protecting them, Lord, we ask that your voice gets louder in speaking their name. And that they see you face to face. We believe you, Jesus, and we trust you. And we ask this, Lord, in your mighty and powerful name. In the name of Jesus.